every one of you for what God had done among us for the past 70 days. It started last week, Sunday. That is the last, this, the, yes, um, last Sunday in the month of August. And it's, <clears throat> it's unfolding today, not coming to an end. <clears throat> you have all received gifts from the Holy Spirit. As you all know that our concentration in this week is about the Holy Spirit. And you have learned so much about the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, you learned about the three senses of the Spirit. The reason why, or the reason for this admonition, the reason for this admonition is not to preach another sermon, but to help you, every one of you, in this congregation and those who listen to my message across the globe to help you recognize that what you have had God wants you to appreciate it because the truth about God is very rare in this generation most voices that speak for God are distorted and what God has shown you here is this one one of the principles you learn from this week is this it doesn't it doesn't matter how many people have a belief okay you cannot believe anything the Bible did not say especially Anything that Jesus did not affirm and the apostles did not speak about him. You must not exalt anything, any name, apart from the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to listen attentively to me. Because the church of God has been overturned by myth which came from our ancestral beliefs. And if you are not careful, you will be an idol worshiper rather than a Christ worshiper. What reflects who you worship is the name that is most commonly spoken in your lips. If you speak too much about demons, then you are a worshiper of demons. Even if you claim you are binding them. If you speak too much about Jesus, then Jesus is your Lord. Because what your lips confess most reflects who you are under. For you who listen to me, I will give you a few information. One about Jesus. One about Satan. And then one about you. And I want you to go in the strength of this. The devil doesn't want you to know that everything that God is, he has given it to you. And his name is Holy Spirit. God is nothing outside what he has given you. But you must leave this place recognizing, one, that... Jesus is the supreme, and he created all things, including demons, Satan, and everything that live. He created them, and he created them for himself.
Let's first look about Jesus. Write it down again. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. It says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. By Him, all things were created, including Satan, demons, angels, man and animals. And it went further in verse 16, by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible or invisible. Whether thrones or powers Or dominions or principalities. And he said, or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the church. Of the body, the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that he, in everything, he might have supremacy. But don't forget, Jesus, who created all things visible and invisible, he is your head. In another word, he is the one you are, are answered to. So it does not matter the name. That people call an unseen, whether it's a spirit, or whether it's a demon, or whether they call him Satan or Lucifer, they are irrelevant to you. Because Jesus who lives in you, he controls everything. I would gather now. I love it. And through him to reconcile to himself back all things, whether things on earth and things in heaven, by making peace through his blood that was shed. Second thing, the blood of Jesus that was shed settles all matters. I will together now. Furthermore, it says, once you were alienated from God and now and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. But now, Jesus has reconciled you by, uh, by God has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So a Christian cannot be cursed. Because curses are attributes of guilt. You cannot be accused by anybody. You are free from every accusation. Either the accusation of man or of Satan. Because of the blood of Jesus. But understand verse 23. That is you. But just read about Jesus. What is in verse 23? Shall we read it together, please? Now listen to me. Every doctrine that teach people about demons is from Satan, not from God. Because the apostles did not teach about demons. Demonology is from the pit of hell. Are we together now? If you get involved with such, 
you will fill your brain with names, false names that they give to demons, which are not really the names of those spirits. And you will believe strongly a lie, but it will look like real. But evidence that what you have been sold is a lie is that whatever you do about it, those things remain. Can you imagine the devil is still at large in the lives of those who profess they have been delivered by him, I mean from him, through all this negative and false teaching. For you, your freedom came on the cross of Calvary. From the day you accepted Jesus into your heart, Jesus said, If the Son therefore set you free, you are free indeed. So, understand this. If anybody tells you contrary, may he be accursed. He is a liar from the pit of hell. But, know this. Christianity is not coming to church. But Christians do go to church. Christianity is not fasting. But Christians do fast. Christianity is not praying. But Christians do pray. Who is a Christian? Verse 23. Because Jesus paid with his life for you, don't waste his death. Don't waste his death. Jesus put his life down to tell you that he is the Savior. He is the Almighty. He took his life back and rose from the dead to tell you that Satan have no power. Demons have no power over anyone who truly accepts him. To talk contrary, it means you are just negating or making useless of the death of Jesus Christ. How would you get that? And for you and I, we have an obligation. It says if you continue in your faith, your faith is the one that Satan is fighting against with all these false doctrines. Your faith. Satan does not want you to know who God is. He doesn't want you to know who you are. So anything that happens in your life from today, what would you say? This is the Lord. Satan can't do anything. Even when you make mistake and you made a wrong choice, the Lord permitted you to make that mistake. He would have stopped you if you wanted to. The reason why he didn't stop you is because you have to learn bitter lesson because you are disobedient. So you have a bad, you will be one of those who will tell the testimony of when you disobey God. This is what he paid you. He will turn that mistake into testimony. Amen. Are we together now? I wasn't hearing from anybody's mouth that Satan, 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 nothing. Everything is about Jesus. Hello, somebody. Now listen, therefore. If it is about Jesus, you must continue your faith. You must continue your faith. Do not let circumstances determine your faith. Let the written word determine your faith. If God says so, that's it. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what others have said. You know that um, if Apostle Williams will follow what people believe, we will not go to all the dangerous in their own understanding zones we have been. How can you go and preach to a warlock if you are afraid of him? If you are afraid of Satan, how can you confront a Satanist? And let him know that what he believes is useless. According to Isaiah 44 verse 9. If you have fear of any spirit, how could you boldly stand before people who have been you know, abused by those spirits and set them free? You will not be able to. Really, many have even come to the place whereby they believed that... If you, for you to cast out demon from people, you need to go and fast. Bible didn't tell me that. You know, I told you that 
To fast is not a Christian, but Christians do fast. Yes? Not only Christians fast, Satan is fast. They even fast more than Christians. They have to. Because they do not have a Savior who had paid the price. We don't fast like Satanists. Satanists go for months without food and water, invoking demons. Because their God is Satan. And Satan don't pay price for anybody. He is condemned and he wants accomplished. But we don't fast like that. But they yeah, we fast. Because there is someone who went ahead called Jesus. He paid with his blood. Faith in him is what you need. You remember in the book of Acts chapter 3, when the beautiful gate miracle happened. And they asked from Peter in verse 16, Peter said, Don't you think by our own power we made this man walk? We don't even know anything about it. But faith in the name of Jesus Christ had made this man walk. Your faith, don't trade it for anything. Remember I told you when God operates through you, get away from the glory. And let he who lives forever and ever only take the glory. Understand that what God just used you to do, he can use just any member of the church to do it. Understand that. Any miracle that you see us ministers do is just to show you that Jesus can use anybody. If any one of us operates in it, it's because we just believe God. Don't fear anything but God. Amen? Amen. Someone said they will poison you, they poison you. Don't be afraid. You will eat deadly poison. It will not hurt you. I'm saying this because today is not a day to preach. You have had so much impartation. The only thing Satan can do is to steal it. And I don't want you to be a victim of the devil. Don't fear anything I say to you. Someone will poison me. Someone will do champs nonsense. They are. The only one you fear is God. You must make sure that your relationship with God is not obstructed or affected. Your faithlessness will hinder God in your life. If Satan can make you believe anything, as far as Alfred is concerned, let's say Satan attacked my body. All right? And let's assume that Satan afflicted my leg. Let's assume that it was real. What will Alfred say? I will say, Lord, I thank you for the pain I'm having in my leg. Because you must have a lesson you want to teach me about this pain. Whether God used Satan to bring it, or he used natural thing to bring it, is irrelevant. The fact is that God is teaching me a lesson. By the pain of my leg, by the time the pain is gone, I will have added more knowledge to myself about my God. Whether I lay hands on the pain and the pain is gone, or whether God is telling me that somebody, by word of knowledge, somebody is having leg pain in that area, and I pray for somebody who has leg pain in the left area, and God healed the person and the pain leaves me. If I believe that that pain is just an affliction from Satan, I will not understand it's a word of knowledge too. Because in word of knowledge, I may have a pain in a part of my body, but what God is saying is that there is someone in this meeting who has a pain. You may be talking to someone in the bus stop or tube station. A person you don't know, for whatever reason you are talking, and you have a heart pain. Alright? If your mind is not sanitized, if you are polluted in your mind by all this demon stuff, the first thing that will come to your mind is that that person attacked you. But it's wrong. Maybe the person has a heart problem. And the Holy Spirit gave you the pain in your heart so that you can pray for the person you are speaking with. And ask him, do you have any chest pain? And he will have said, oh yes, how did you know that? Say, now your chest pain has just been healed in the name of Jesus. And the pain will leave the person. And then the person will say, wow, this is interesting. 
But if your mind has been polluted by all the false doctrine, you will think you are attacked. For you, anybody who attacks you, God said it's not by my doing. And then he went for to say, those who attack you shall what? Deuteronomy 28 verse 7. He says, I will make those who attack you to come against you in one way, and they will flee in how many directions? So therefore, for attack, they must happen. But give God glory for every attack of the devil, because it's another opportunity for you to see the word of God demonstrated. God ever fought for his own people. Even when they did not know he was fighting, he was fighting for them. Talk less when they know that there is a battle. And they cry in the name of the Lord. Don't be afraid of any battle. Any battle that faces your life, it has been determined to be victory before God permitted the battle. Okay? So in battle... Apply Jehoshaphat method, Second Chronicles 20. 20. Sing a song and praise the Lord. Confront every situation as a superior being. I repeat myself. On earth today, after Jesus, it is us. Not any other name. Not any government. Not any power. After Jesus on earth today, it is the born again. We have the authority to put people in position and to remove them from office. We have the authority to command disaster and it will stop. We have the authority to change circumstances because we are the God of this age, not the devil. This world, we are the God that rules over this world. Everything visible and invisible obey our command. You must know that. Listen to me, your faith is a major target. Don't let circumstances determine your faith. Don't be wicked in your soul. Be godly in everything. If you continue in your faith, establish and firm. That's verse 23. Not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Always look forward to heaven. A man who looks forward to heaven cannot be afraid of death. I will together now. Until the last day that we die, each one of us, we will still have plan for tomorrow. You know that? Until the last day that Jesus will come to redeem the, the, the saints. Prophets will still be prophesying what God will do tomorrow, next tomorrow, next year, year after. Whereas Jesus is coming tonight. And you need to understand that you can't be confused about that. Why would prophet is prophesying about next year and the other year when Jesus is coming tonight? One reason, Jesus said nobody knows the time he will come. Only the Father. Now what does prophet do? Prophet see God's plan, plans. And until the day that the Lord will even say Jesus, beyond that day, God has planned for this world if Jesus starts. And that is the prophetic. We tell you that. But God can call back or call in the coming of the Lord Jesus to put an end to all the plans for the future. Do you get what I'm saying now? So, therefore, for you and I, we must be established and be firm and not be moving the hope of the coming of the Lord. It helps you to live your life one day at a time so that you have no fear of death. If you don't have fear of death, death cannot just kill you anyhow. Because when the devil says anything against you, the first thing that will come into your mind is not death. It is life. Even what has killed other people. Do you know something today God spoke to me? He said, I should tell you this. Tell my people, in the face of any sickness, don't give up hope for living. That's what the Lord told me. The Lord says sickness, sickness, sickness kills his people because they give up hope to live. And death cannot take a life unless that life gives up hope of living. It's your permission that allows death to take your body. When the time comes for you to go, you have agreed. That's the reason why some people will be 
so mutilated and they will not die. And the doctors don't know why they cannot die. By the injuries they are sustained, they are supposed to have been dead. But because in their spirit and their soul, they insist that they will live. They may not be healed, made well, but they continue to breathe. Pull out the plug, they keep on breathing. Your soul is the power God has given to you. As a man thinking in his heart. So is. Don't give up hope for anything. And he says, this is the gospel that you have heard. And that has been proclaimed to everyone. Look at Romans chapter 8 in closing. I'll just read this to you as admonition. Romans chapter 8. Keep it as your, your guide. God will do amazing things with you, Christ with Tabernacle. Yeah. I am telling you, what I have seen is so voluminous in the realm of the Spirit that I cannot utter them to you. But I rejoice for you. But you must do what I tell you from the Word of God. You don't fear what I don't fear. My not fearing devil is not because of anything but because I believe in Christ. It says in that scripture, therefore, there is no condemn now there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are not condemned. Amen. And you cannot be condemned. Amen. Okay? Because through Christ Jesus, the Lord Spirit of life give us has has set us free. Set me free, I love that. From the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin. Come on now. A sinful man. Sometime I will help you understand just that very verse. The law of diminishing returns. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live what? So did you see those who are Christians now? And the same thing you read in Colossians chapter 1 verse 23. If you continue in faith. So a Christian in quote. Who lives according to sinful nature is out of the umbrella. When you get born again, you cannot just be living your life anyhow. As far as I'm concerned, you are out of the umbrella. So people like that who claim to be Christians and they do that, Satan, they are the one that confuse other people because Satan can do anything with them. And other people will be saying that, but he's a Christian, she's a Christian, but why? No, the Bible tells you. The people the Bible is talking about are free. Here are those who live according to the Spirit. He says here, He condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature. But according to the Spirit of God. Yes. Those who live according to the sinful nature, verse 5, have their mindset on what that nature desires. You have, it's your mindset that determines who you are living under. While they are going to disco, they are going. Then your God is the God of disco. Oh, but again, it doesn't stop me from going to all those things. Ah, they are looking at peep show. I'm going to peep. It's the spirit that lives in you that determines what you do. You can tell whether you are born again or not by looking at your conduct, your deliberate conduct. You know? And you can tell whether you are born again or not. If you are are born again, your your deliberate conduct will be in the fear of God. You can get yourself involved with 
All was Satan instituted. And follow them. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset, your mindset, your mindset, your mindset of what the nature desires. So mindset determines what comes out of you. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on angels, not on demons. On what the spirit desires. On righteousness. On goodness. On loveliness. Peace. That's what they have their mindset on. They do not have their mindset on war, on fight, on quarrel. No, 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 no. They have their mindset on what the spirit desires. Do you get this now? It's almost over. The sinful man is hostile. <clears throat> no, the mind, verse 6, the mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is what? Life and peace. Did you see that now? Somebody offend me, I let him go. I don't take revenge at all. That's the life controlled by the spirit. Then verse 7 says, The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, God's laws, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature <coughs> cannot what? Let's read that verse together, verse 8. You believe that? Say amen. You know what drove my spirit now? We need to begin to pray more now for the church of God. In the light of churches where error is their prime idol. I would mean now. We need to really spend time. I think we should pray for them more than we bind the devil. They are worse than the devil. Because people will go there expecting to go to heaven. Not knowing that they are under the control of Satan. And nobody who goes into such can enter heaven because the Bible says so here. Can you imagine a church where people are told to pray against other human beings to die? In the court of you are praying for your against your enemy? And even someone can marry people and say that I pray that my mother in law died. Yes, they have such testimonies. Can you imagine that? Because she was a witch that is disturbing my life. I prayed for her to die and she died. You know any church who does that, none of them and their preachers can ever see the living God in his righteousness. Because God did not move goalposts. He said, thou shalt not kill. And really what this scripture is saying to us here, we must not take revenge. Jesus said, vengeance is mine. Do not take revenge. Those controlled by sinful nature can never please God. Sinful nature is revenge. Take revenge. No, you are not a fool. Take them, teach them a lesson. And do something in the physical to show them that is sinful nature. That is sinful nature. Let me say this to you, all of you. Your strength is not in your revenge. Your respect is not in what you say. It's what you are. It's what you are. You want respect, earn it by what you are. When you are beginning to try to vindicate yourself or trying to tell people who you are, it's because you are nothing. When you are something, they will know it. Are you with me now? In anything that you are doing, I'm talking about now, as in the spheres of life, don't allow sinful nature to control you. So if you are being, if you have some people in your bad books, for having bad book, those who have bad book will enter into the bad place. They can never enter into the good place because you, with your hand, wrote names of people in the bad book and your sins too will never be forgiven. That's what Jesus says. 
These people that can never greet them, then you can't enter heaven because they will enter heaven and everybody in heaven will have to greet one another. So people who refuse to greet some people on earth, God has a place for them in hell. So that in that hell, all of them who don't greet themselves will meet themselves there. There is no reason to, to now, you'll be, you'll be calling yourselves for help. I didn't greet you in the world. Do you have water there? Please. I didn't greet you in the world. I'm so sorry. It's too late. When you are hearing the cry of the one you didn't greet, and she's hearing your cry, cries clashing together. As a child of God, you must not live in the flesh. It will take you to hell. Because the Bible says anybody who do those things are not children of God. You, however, verse 9, are not controlled by the this, this sinful nature that is assumed. But by the Spirit. If the Spirit of Christ lives in you. Can you see the condition? Condition precedence we call that. So if the Spirit of Christ lives in you, then you'll be doing things according to the Spirit. If anybody can pray for the death of another man, Clearly, Holy Ghost is not in him. Who is in him? Satan. John 10.10. 10. Thief has come to kill, to see, to destroy. Any thought that wish the death of another man certainly cannot be the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of Satan. And if anybody prophesies and says, Thus said the Lord, you must pray and that person must die. Don't you understand? Lucifer has just talked to you. Because he came to kill, to see, to destroy. John 10.10. 10. But anyone that says that, though they sought your life, but pray for them to live, then that is the Holy Spirit of God. Though they have hindered your life, but pray for mercy of God over them, that is the Holy Spirit of God. You are ever not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God is in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he does not belong to God. I won't preach today. <laughs> I will explain that to you some other time. Because that is just taking my brain into somewhere else. You recognize I'm just reading the Bible to you. I'm not preaching to you. Yes. Let the Bible talk. Let me finish reading everything. Verse 16 is where I will stop. But, verse 10. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Verse 11, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will what? Also give life to what? Your mortal bodies. Through what? His Holy Spirit that do what? Lives inside you. You are sick. Tell the Holy Spirit to give life and he will kill the sickness for you. He killed it for you. You forget something in the, in the exam hall. Tell the Holy Spirit to remind you. He will remind you everything. Because that's his job. You don't have to be confused. Just shut your eyes. Leave the pen. There is no law that you should not pray. In the exam hall. Ask him. He will reveal to you. You are in a board meeting and there is confusion. Just take a pause inside you and say, Holy Spirit, give me direction here. When you open your mouth, every calamity, confusion will just cease. That is the direction. Holy Spirit of God. He will give life to your mother body. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, verse 12, but it is not to the sinful nature or live according to it. Because we still have the body that sins. Our flesh is a sinner. He loves sin. He loves bad things. Our obligation is to subject him under control. We will not listen to our flesh. We will listen to the Spirit of God. Don't listen to rumor to make opinion. Let your opinion be based on what they call evidence of facts. Not hearsay, but eyewitnesses. Somebody says, somebody says. Don't do that. We have obligation not to the flesh. Verse 13 says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. You will die. 
Every time you go away from the scripture, you regret, isn't it? Come on now, we should stop regretting our life and coming back again because of mercy. We should start to obey. You live according to the flesh, you die. But if, this, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, then you what? Live a man forevermore. Because those who are led by the Spirit are what? Sons of God. You can understand what that means? From all we have been reading. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you slave again to fear. But you received the spirit of what? Sonship. And by him we cry what? Abba, Father, hallelujah. How many of you came from a town called Ibadan here now? If you came from a place called Ibadan, stand up. Stand up. If you come from this city called Ibadan. Or your ancestors, don't, don't clap hands. Or your ancestors came from that place. You are, you, that is, you are a, a, a native of Ibadan. I'm talking about not somebody who lived there. That is your own native land. Not your husband or your wife. Your father, your mother, your ancestors, they are from that place. That is Ibadan, is who you are. I am an Egbaman. I came from Abelkuta. Before I'm a Welshman. Now listen to me. If, so if you are the, they call them the sons or daughters of you. Everybody have a place you belong to. So if you are a son or a daughter of Ibadan. Or maybe your parents, your, not parents now, your father is from Ibadan. Stand up. Ah. The people standing before, what happened to you? <laughs> oh, yes. Now, let me tell you something. I want to tell you this, which will affect everybody. When I went to Ibadan this year, I made a promise that as the King of Heaven lives, in the presence of whom I stand, Every forest of evil in that place, we will recover them. Amen. That's what I promise. You know that when we enter Remo, the place they call Remo Kingdom. Alright? It was so their evil forest God sent us. And we destroyed everything they call ancestral devils and, and gods there. Because those things don't exist. They are the things some Christians celebrate. And call them deities. There is no God. But the God of Israel. And this church will go to everywhere. Within our power. Where some deity has been installed. To intimidate the people for generations. Our duty there is to go and help them know. That when Jesus died on the cross. It was end for idols. They should never be remembered. They should never be celebrated. They should never be feared for their nothing. When Jesus was nailed on the cross, it was end for herbalism. It was end for any magician. If you are in a place and any magician does incantation, alright, let me give you the solution. Just say, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. By him all things we have made. Apart from him was nothing made. And you say, I command, I revoke that statement. If the guy levitated, he will crash to the floor terribly. If you are in that congregation. You carry power in the inside you. I said that because he said, For you did not receive the spirit that makes you a slave to fear. There is nothing to be afraid of. If you are in Christ Jesus, if you are not following them to church here, I don't want any one of you to be follow, follow. Okay? I can tell you this. You have right to believe me. Because I did not tell you that Satan is nothing. Just by theory. I went to the place they said they have power. And they have no power. Enter their forest. Nothing is there. The one that is there will chase him out. And that's the end of it. 
I'm not those who say to you that, come, I'll conduct deliverance for you. Whereas, you have many people in mental who they didn't go to cast demons out of their heads. When they are doing all the celebration of devils, they don't go there to go and show their deliverance power. But they come among the living and proclaiming they have power to raise the dead. If you have power to raise the dead, not among the living you speak, you go to mortuary and get them out. I will together now. Don't follow them to do that. Satan has put in the heart of mortal man ability to create a fear that does not exist. Especially fear of the unknown. Because fear makes you a slave. You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Anything you fear, you become his slave. Hmm? But you receive what? Say it loud. I can't hear me. The spirit of sonship by which you say what? Which has exalted you above angels. No angel called God Father. <laughs> he is the father of his household. Sons of God are higher than angels. Somebody say amen to that. Are not all angels ministering spirits? Send to serve those who will inherit word. So let's read verse 16 and 17 we stop. The Spirit Himself testified to my spirit that I am God's Son. I can hear you read it again. The Spirit testified to our spirit. Somebody didn't understand what I say. Come on, read that scripture again. Come on, read verse 17 now. Joint hears. Go hears. With who? If we. I can't understand that. That scripture says to me that as you are sitting down looking at me, you are a co-heir. I mustn't be tempted to talk about it. Because I will take your time. Pastor, remind me. I must teach you from the perspective of law, the word hair. What does it mean? Where did it come from? In English, dictionary. The word hair means the major man in control. After the death of the principal man. Really, the word here is an exchange for the man in charge in the place of his father. Take your father, he has everything. Let's say, Pastor Josiah owns United Kingdom. His hair, his hair, why he's still alive, you know, his hair. Owns everything. He owns anywhere in UK. His hair can go anywhere and, and exercise the power of their father when he's still alive. Talk less. Jesus died so that we would be the absolute. And then somebody's telling you that there is a demon somewhere in your father's house. May the Lord destroy all these their mouths. Putting fear in people who have been set free. Build fear. Build a, a mountain of fear in the house of liberty. Can you imagine? Failures looking for accomplice. Stand up for you. If we are what? Children. Then we are heirs. Heirs of who? God. And what? Joint heirs with who? Christ. Stop there. We continue to serve him. Now, this is what we want to do for today. Bring out your request. You want to exercise your hairship. That is, anything Jesus is, that is what you are. Because of the blood shed on the Calvary. God has been waiting for you for a long time. You are not because you did anything. You are not because Jesus died for you. He purchased it. 
As God's hair, now talk to the Father who made you hair over your plans for this month. Speak silently. Don't pray aloud. Talk to God who made you hair. Father, tonight, I come to you for the month of September. I want you to do this for me. I speak as your hair. Exercise my office you have given me as the hair of the living God. Do this for me, Lord. Do this for me. Tell the Lord, it is your pleasure to do it for me. Holy Spirit, Jesus said, He will bring to us everything that the Father has. And He said, all that the Father has is mine. Oh Lord, I ask you, tell the Lord, this month, I want you to do this for me. This week, tell God all your plans that you know this week. What you are expecting this week. And tell the Lord, I ask you as as your hair. Those of you in camera, pray too. Lock your camera and pray. Just leave your camera still. And ask God, ask God. I don't want anyone to miss out. All of us, everybody, protocol, everybody in the, in the premises. Just tell the Lord. Something is happening today. Your father is listening to you. And he's doing that which you ask him. We have made up our mind to fear him alone and not other things. But now as joined here with Christ, if God did everything for Jesus, he would do it also for all his joint hairs. We get together. If any one of you have a member in your family that is under torment, you can ask God that because of me, your joint hair, I command my wife to be set free or my husband or my son or my brother or my father or my mother Lord I speak to you as hair hair is the one who can demand anything from his father by the privilege of being a hair of the living God I ask you Lord oh father Yeah. 